This is the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast with Andy Hill, session number 39. This show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Thanks for being here today, everybody. Today's show is supported by U.S. Legal Forms. When Nicole and I decided it was time to protect our family with a will, this is the resource that we chose. The process was simple, it was quick, and it carried the same legal weight as consulting with an attorney. If you're married and you have some kids, I implore you to get your will set up today so you can protect your family and ensure your final wishes are taken care of. Go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash will to get your family will set up today. Again, that's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash will. Okay, let's crack into today's exciting episode. Six years ago, I decided to go credit card free. I had gone through Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University, a very inspiring program, where the credit card was labeled as the enemy of financial freedom. (laughs) Since Mr. Ramsey's advice had helped me in so many other ways in my financial life, like paying off debt and making sure we had the proper insurance coverage, things like that, I thought avoiding credit cards completely was the smart way to go. Last year, I decided that concept of going credit card free was a little flawed, or at least it wasn't completely necessary for me. I know there are a lot of people out there that do not have control of their spending when it comes to credit cards, or or they use them for quote-unquote emergency situations. That was never me before I got into Dave Ramsey's teachings, and it definitely isn't me now. I have always been a disciplined saver, and I never, <clears throat> I've never carried a balance on my credit card. So with that epiphany, I decided to get a credit card again. <laughs> I missed the points, really. I mean, it's a perk. It's nice. It's fun. It's it's a it's a nice thing that pops up at the end of the month that says, "Wow, you you can spend a little bit more on some things that you might like." So I signed up for the Capital One Quicksilver card, and for the last year, I've been receiving one and a half percent cash back on all my purchases. I've received almost $500 back just for my everyday purchases. I haven't been spending more or spending less. It's just my normal stuff. It's a nice perk for spending the exact same way that I would have with a debit card. So the, uh, this additional cash back perk, you know, that I've been getting from Capital One, it's, it's sort of sparked an interest in me a little bit. What other perks are out there that I'm not taking advantage of. I feel like I've completely missed out on five years of points and rewards and experiences, much to my wife's chagrin because she jumped on this no credit card bandwagon with me as well. And uh, honey, I'm so sorry for that five years. I really apologize. (laughs) So given that my family has a fond appreciation for travel, Nicole and I are big travel fans. We just don't always have, you know, the endless dollars to spend. I thought, could travel perks be our 
quote-unquote ticket (laughs) to some family fun without the big price tag. So I reached out to an expert travel rewards guru named Brad Barrett, and I interviewed him about the fine art of travel hacking. Our conversation was so inspiring that I had to make it an episode for you all to enjoy. I learned so much in just this 30-minute conversation. In short, so travel rewards, just so you guys get the skinny, travel rewards or travel hacking, it's a process. It's essentially a process of just signing up for credit cards and then reaping the bonus awards that you get when you sign up. And you can use them for travel all around the United States or global travel. You do need to be disciplined to be a part of this process, though. Uh, You do not spend more than you'd normally spend. You never carry a credit card balance. The responsibility with this process is key to success here. But the upside is traveling with your family for free or nearly free. Some taxes and things like that, unavoidable airline taxes. Um, But anyway, yeah, nearly free. It's amazing. So on the show today, Brad and I discuss who this program is for. We want to make sure that we're safe and and not advising people to do this that aren't set to do this. Um, We also discuss the step-by-step process for travel hacking. And then lastly, how you can travel with your family to Disney for free. I mean, come on. This is interesting enough based on that. (laughs) I guarantee you're going to be so intrigued by this conversation But it might be a little overwhelming, and that's okay. We have links in the show notes to walk you through the process. Um, So if you you need to listen to it again, don't worry about that. And by the way, through this process, I just want to let you guys all know, I'm not selling anything, and neither is Brad. So this is real. It's not a scam. It's just a process that takes diligence, responsibility, and uh, a sense of adventure. (laughs) If you're thinking about taking the kids to Disney or really anywhere else in the world, and the thought of the cost is making you feel a little claustrophobic, listen to today's show. There seems to be another way. Without further delay, let's start the interview with Brad Barrett from Travel Miles 101. Welcome, everybody. We've got an excellent guest today, Brad Barrett. How's it going, Brad? It's going well. It's going real well. I'm excited to be here. Excellent. Thanks for taking the time, man. And you have a excellent uh, story. Not even a story. It's like it's like your life almost that you've been living, and uh, you're helping people do some amazing things. Um, not only in the personal finance world, but with regard to travel and their family. So maybe you could just tell us a little bit about yourself and what you what you love to do with regard to travel. Sure. Yeah, that sounds good. And that's that's a good way to put it. It's my life has become this kind of odd story that I never envisioned. Clearly, when I graduated college, I came out, I took the CPA exam and was a tax accountant for 12, 12 years, basically. And my wife's a CPA as well. We're just a regular suburban family. We live in Richmond, Virginia. We're both originally from Long Island, New York, actually. And uh, yeah, we're just kind of doing our thing. And then I started a little personal finance site called richmondsavers.com. You know, kind of like we live in Richmond, Virginia. We save a lot of money or, you know, that's our, our plan. And Richmond Savers, it wasn't, you know, the greatest name in the world. But uh, we wound up 
getting some real significant press, like from the New York Times and NBC and CBS and all this stuff for actually a trip to Disney World that we put together using credit card rewards points. And that's kind of what we're talking about here today, which is it, it's better known as travel hacking. I don't love that term, honestly, because, it, you know, hacking has these negative connotations. But but that is the generally regarded term. So we'll kind of use that, I guess. But uh, we wound up what travel hacking is, is opening up very targeted credit cards. So anytime you get into the world of credit cards, you need like big flashing neon signs that say buyer beware or, you know, just be really, really careful, essentially, because as you know, Andy, millions of people get into credit card debt. And, you know, that is not what I'm looking to promote at all. It's just for people like us who use our credit cards for essentially every purchase in life and we pay them off on time and in full every single month. So that's our normal life. Right. And I mean, what do you get on your credit card? One, two percent, something like that. Yeah, I, I do the um, Capital One and I'm not going to remember the name. Quicksilver. Yeah. Um, and it's at, well, I think it's one point five percent. So that's exactly I get some right. cash back for that. And that makes me happy. My <clears throat> I, I have a funny kind of background on this that you and I didn't talk about beforehand. I drank the Dave Ramsey Kool-Aid for, oh, probably the, the past seven years and got my wife on board, and we made some big progress, eliminated the debt. A lot of his stuff I really like, and about 30-40% of it I don't agree with at this point. Um, We went five years without using a credit card, much to my wife's... (laughs) She didn't like it. (laughs) But she went along because she loves me, and she's such a good wife. But after five years, which sounds like a long time, we had learned to live on a budget and stick with whatever we were, you know, planning at the beginning of the month. So if we figured, hey, we could do this with a debit card, why can't we do it with a credit card and get the points? It's almost as if if you get the responsibility down, then you might as well get the rewards, right? Yeah, that is a brilliant way to put it, without a doubt. And and Dave Ramsey does a wonderful service to millions and millions of people. But kind of like you alluded to, you get to a point where you've internalized his message, right? And you get it and you're not going to slide back. I don't know you personally, but you know, in this regard, but you know, you're not going to slide back into those old ways where you got into debt and you know, you, you have everything straight and then you're looking to kind of move on, right? So you're looking for, let's say master's level personal finance hacks. And, and that's where this travel hacking thing comes into play. So I like it. I like to think that I'm in the master's level. Thank you, Brad. Nice. Yeah, you got me. <laughs> you are well, well on your way without a doubt. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's like I said earlier, it's just you being responsible, right? Okay. Like I can't reiterate that enough. It's, you know, you have to pay your cards off on time and in full, and then we can have a conversation about this. But if you don't just please like Shut off this podcast, you know, or right. don't listen to me at least. Exactly. Listen to Andy, if but don't listen to me. If you're in credit card debt, like you're paying off, you're, you're paying your credit cards to a massive amount of debt each month, 18%, 20%, I would say this conversation is not for you, right? Not in any way, shape, or form. So, Absolutely. you know, maybe file it away to come back to a couple years from now, but yeah, please don't don't listen to this for now. But Okay. So, so we've caveated well. So let's yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. what We're travel hacking so, is. <laughs> so, let, so let's say... Uh, I am uh, living on a budget each month. I know what my spending is, 
and I want to take advantage of getting some points because, hey, man, free is fun. So yeah. what's a what's a great place to start? I guess tell us a little bit about how you've been able to to travel hack in your family. Maybe use yourself as an example when you started uh, Richmond Savers uh, with this with this Disney trip. Yeah, that's a, a perfect starting point. So yeah, for us. Just like anytime you read something on the internet, you're not sure if it's true and you do a lot of research and, you know, we kind of dipped our toes in. So we knew that this was plausible based on some of the very reputable websites that I've been following. But but still, you want to you want to figure it out for yourself. So I did a ton of research and figured out that we could take our family and I have two young daughters and uh, we could take the four of us to Disney World. And as, as opposed to it costing somewhere in the vicinity of. I don't know, three to five thousand dollars just for the the airline, the hotel and the Disney World park tickets that we could if we planned. Right. So this is not about just waking up one day and say, hey, we want to go to Disney in two months. Let's get a credit card. You know that this requires a little bit of planning. So I would say 12 to 18 months in advance, uh, which, you know, is a small price to pay to save potentially thousands of dollars. And, you know, we went about it very systematically. I, I determined that I could open up, there's a credit card called the Starwood, uh, the Starwood American Express. So Starwood preferred guests, there are Starwood hotels. And actually there are two Starwood hotels on site at Disney world. So the Disney dolphin and the Disney swan, if you guys have ever been to Disney, you've seen these hotels. There are these beautiful luxury hotels and you just kind of assume that they're regular Disney hotels, but they're actually not. They're part of these, this Starwood preferred guest program and you can use your Starwood points. So my wife and I each opened up one of these Starwood Amex cards and uh, we did it. We did it sequentially, so we were never juggling credit cards or you know opening up a ton of cards at once. It was just one by one and just really nice and simple. I'm all about low key, not getting too ahead of myself, just kind of doing things nice and simply. So I opened up a Starwood Amex in my name. We put our life's expenses on it for a couple months until we hit what's known as the minimum spending requirement. And each card has a different spending requirement. So, I, you know, I won't go into those specifically, but like you would see something hypothetically like spend $3,000 in the first three months to earn this 50,000 point bonus. Okay. That's kind of a, a general seems feasible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that 3000 is cumulative. So that would be a thousand dollars a month. And I don't know about you, but you know, with a family of four and putting all of our life expenses on our card, as many as we can, we spend way more than a thousand dollars a month, you know, fortunately Absolutely. or unfortunately. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, so, you know, and again, you're paying it off every single month. So there's no interest expense. There's no expense at all. And then you earn that bonus. And then my wife, Laura wound up opening that credit card as well. Same deal. You know, a couple of months later we were sitting on, I think it was something like 70,000 of these Starwood points, which actually would have been good enough for eight free nights at the Disney Dolphin Hotel. Wow. Just from two cards, right? That's incredible. That's incredible. So that uh, that pretty much would take care of your, your stay for your Disney trip then, right? Oh, yeah, you bet. And that's, I mean, that's a $300 a night hotel. So wow. you're talking... 2400 bucks in potential savings and even if you don't want to stay eight nights you can stay we only stayed for five and then we banked some starwood points for future vacations so that was that was wonderful excellent so you sign up for the card and you do the minimum spend for three months and after the three months do you have to keep the card in order to redeem the points or do you did you guys just close them after the minimum spend was done 
Yeah, that's a good question. No, we definitely did not close them right after the minimum spend. I, I think that's generally like not a great strategy. It just kind of sets off maybe alarm bells. You know, of course, I don't work for the credit card company, but anytime you're doing something sketchy, that's clearly that that to me would clearly be like gaming the system. Sure. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And there's all there's always a fine line here. So so bear with me if, okay. if you're listening to this and wondering if this entire thing is gaming the system. You know, I mean, people of good faith can argue that. But clearly opening a card and closing it three months later, the second you got the bonus, there's no way to argue otherwise. So, okay. uh, you know, what what most people do is. You op- and, and you did have multiple questions in there, so I will get back to it. But what most people do is open these cards and then you spend on it, you get that bonus, and then you leave the card open. And then, you know, at your when the first anniversary is coming up, then you have an annual fee that's coming due, right? So uh, that that's the decision point. So I would say at month 11 or 12, even if you get hit with the annual fee, you can still close it as long as you do it generally within th- within 30 days. So you can, they'll retroactively, you know, just remove that fee and close the cards. So you, you had that decision point of realistically, am I getting value from this card at that point? And if so, then you continue to pay the fee. And if not, then, you know, maybe you decide to close it. And, and that's, that's not my decision to make, of course. So I don't, I don't want to advise anyone either way, but I mean, certainly many people will close these cards before that first anniversary, just because it's hard to, it's hard to justify paying the fee, you know? Okay. Well, I, I completely interrupted your story about Disney because I'm so no, interested no. in the topic. So why don't we go back to, you got you guys got the Knights to go to Disney, and then did you do airlines as well? How did that work? Yeah, we did. We definitely did. Uh, we wound up flying Southwest Airlines. And for, so for the Disney trip in particular, Orlando International Airport has a huge Southwest hub. And so, I mean, there are direct flights from dozens upon dozens of cities throughout the country. And even if it's not direct, you know, you can get a one-stop flight from pretty much anywhere that Southwest flies. And the reason why I focused on Southwest is, you know, I'm sure, Anna, you've heard blackout dates and how difficult it is supposedly to redeem travel miles, right? right I'm sure that's right. that's the horror story. Uh in this case, Southwest, and there is some validity to that, okay? So clearly, unlike the the traditional legacy carriers, the Uniteds, the Deltas, the American Airlines, there are limits on award availability. There's no doubt about it, and it can be frustrating. And that's kind of why I advise people to be very flexible if they possibly can. So if you say, hey, I've got a wedding on July 4th, and I need to be there on July 2nd and leave July 6th, well, you're probably going to be a little bit disappointed. Like if that's if you have miles and you desperately want to use them, that's going to be hard, right? Because in a situation like that, it's a holiday weekend. It's you have no flexibility at all. And people book those. It's just simple. You know, there are many, many flights. There are many millions of people with these frequent flyer miles. But even with all the award seats, they get booked. So to you, it looks like a quote unquote blackout date. But realistically, it's just someone beat you to the seat. Okay, so that's that's kind of a little sidebar on how it generally works. But with Southwest, there's none of that at all. It's just a simple function of their cash price, actually. So if they have a seat that's available to just buy normally, you know, with cash or whatever, you can use your points. So for families, that is 
fantastic. That's like a bonanza, you know, because you don't have to worry. Oh my goodness. I was able to get two award seats on this one flight. And then this other one, the other half of my family can fly four hours later. You know, it's just with Southwest. It's nice and simple. If you have the Southwest miles, you can book the flight. Got it. Got it. So you've, you've got Starwood for your hooked up hotel. Uh, and then you, you had Southwest for your flights down there and it's, you made it sound like it's a, a step process, right? So you sign up for you, you personally, Brad signed up for the Starwood and then your wife did as well. And then was it three months later that you then signed up for the Southwest? How did that work? Yeah. So the three months now, Another just little piece of information is even if even if the spending requirement says, let's say, three thousand in the first three months, but you spend three thousand in the first month, you actually would get the points after the statement closed when you when you spent that cumulative three thousand. Okay, so which is awesome. So in my hypothetical, you would get it after the first month. So pretty much at that point, you once you've hit the the cumulative minimum spend and go a little bit over, right? Just in case you have some returns or something like that. But then you can, you can put the card down and then open up another card. And, you know, with, with this, my wife and I just went back and forth. So I opened one card, then Laura opened the next card and then just kind of leapfrog back and forth. So, yeah, so, you know, it is just that step-by-step process. And just to quickly kind of touch on the Southwest points and then go back to one question you had a couple of minutes ago, which was, uh, with Southwest, there are a couple ways to get those points. And the first and most obvious is through a Southwest credit card. All right. So Chase has three different versions of the Southwest card. They generally have somewhere a bonus somewhere in the vicinity of 50,000 miles. So it's pretty easy to rack up Southwest miles. And another way to get them is actually through uh, Chase Ultimate Rewards. Now, these are my absolute favorite points. And they generally, you can find them on a bunch of different Chase cards. The two most prominent personal versions are the Chase Sapphire Preferred and the Chase Sapphire Reserve. Okay, the Reserve comes with this crazy large fee. It's like $450 or or somewhere in that vicinity. You do get a lot of benefits that kind of claw some of that back. But I don't know about you, Andy, but I wouldn't pay $450 for annual fee. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Yeah. And that's in month one. So, you know, you open this thing, you haven't gotten any points yet and you're out 450 bucks. So are, are most of them around like the hundred dollar mark, 90 bucks, something like that? Yeah. I think 95 is generally the number you see. It's, you know, plus or minus depending on the card, but 95 is probably the most common fee. Okay. Uh, and most of them are waived the first year. So, uh, you know, when you come up on that first anniversary, that would be the first time you have to pay a fee in, you know, I would say in the majority of the cases. And you said you obviously analyze your value at that point, but are you bound by any contract to pay? You the are fee not in, bound in 13 in the month 13 or no? I uh, no, for that matter? not to my I've never heard of any contract okay. you're bound by. So, yeah, you cool. you can close it at any point that you want to. So, um so, so yeah, the Chase Sapphire Preferred would be my number one overall credit card just because those Chase Ultimate Rewards points that you earn are flexible, right? We talked about that earlier. Flexibility is the key. And what happens with those points is they reside in your credit card account, okay? And they are actually transferable to 11 different airlines and hotels, including some of my all-time favorites like Southwest, like Hyatt Hotels 
and United Airlines and British Airways are actually my, those are my top four. But when you have those chase points, you essentially have points in those all 11 of those programs because you can transfer them at a moment's notice. Hmm. So that flexibility is just crucial. And yeah, I mean, that kind of ties into something that you had mentioned before about like, if you did close your card, like, would you lose your points or where do they reside? You know, that kind of thing. And if you want me to go into that now, I certainly can talk about that real quick. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Cool. So it, it touches on like the three main types of these cards. And I understand everybody out there in the audience that, you know, I'm going, giving a ton of detail here, but you know, just listen to this podcast a couple of times and, and it all, it'll all be clear. But, uh, there are three main types of travel rewards credit cards. Now we'll start with like the most valuable, which I just mentioned, like the chase ultimate rewards. American express has points called the membership rewards and those come from like the gold and platinum cards and they have a couple other cards called like the everyday cards and, and things like that. So um, those are points that reside in your credit card account. OK, so if you did close your credit card and you still had those points sitting there, you would lose them. OK, but it's really easy to avoid that because you just transfer them out. Right. It's it's simple. So you you would have to be pretty kind of it would have to be a pretty bad move, let's say, to close the card and just not realize you lost, you know, 100,000 points. You just yeah. you would transfer them out or, you know, there are slightly more advanced ways you can combine them with your spouse in some cases or combine them with other cards that you have. So there are lots of ways to not lose those points, essentially. OK, excellent. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So that's yeah, that's the the most valuable type of points. And then there are like the airline and hotel cards. So the Delta Amex, the City American Airlines card and the Starwood Amex that I mentioned, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And those points actually at the end of each month, they get zipped over to your frequent flyer or hotel program. So your hotel rewards program, and they are no longer related to the credit card. So those are yours to keep. They are of course, bound by whatever expiration policy there is at the airline and hotel, but that's pretty easy to keep them going just generally because any rewards activity at all like resets the entire clock. So you you really have to go out of your way to let points expire pretty much. Okay. Okay. Well, this makes a lot of sense. Um, the, <clears throat> the, the process we're going through might seem, you know, a like like a lot of work, and it, it and it is. I mean, you've been working on it for a while, but the benefit is is pretty great. So you mentioned Disney. Have have you and your family done anything else that's that's pretty exciting that we can talk about? Like one of the one of the trips that you guys have been on. Yeah, you bet, you bet. Uh, my family of four, we went to the San Francisco Bay Area last year. So last August, we took a ten night trip, and. Yeah, we wound up getting four round trip nonstop flights coast to coast and on Southwest, which is, you know, like I mentioned earlier, our, our absolute favorite. And we wound up using Hyatt points. So we actually it's funny that this all ties together. Those chase ultimate rewards points. We have hundreds of thousands of those points. And I wound up taking some of them and transferring them to Southwest and booking those four round trip flights. And then I transferred I think it was 80,000 of them to Hyatt. And that was able to get me 10 free nights at this really nice Hyatt place in 
in the Bay Area, just uh, just east of San Francisco, but you know, right there in Oakland, essentially. And yeah, we got ten nights in a suite, actually. So it was this amazing full vacation. We I think we spent it was forty four dollars and eighty cents. I want to say for like unavoidable taxes and fees on the airline flights. But yeah, ten free nights and four round trip flights for under forty five dollars. That's that's insane. That's the title of the show. I just I think we just got it right there. Nice. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So that that that's incredible. Um, yeah, forty four dollars for uh, t- you said ten nights and four folks for uh, round trip flights to San Francisco, and you guys are in Virginia, so that's a long flight as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. So so we got a little bit about the process. It's almost. It, I mean, it's almost like a science. I mean, it sounds like there's a lot of detail to this, but it sounds like you're you're describing it in a way that this is not rocket science. It just takes a little bit of time to figure out the the recipe we'll say do you do you have any resources outside of this conversation that would be a good uh route for people to I guess to learn a little bit more about how the process works yep no that's a that's a great question and and yeah i just wanted to take a little aside and just say this is a lot of information there's no doubt about it but it really is pretty easy once you get into it because it's the, at least the way that I go about it, I don't let it overwhelm me. Like I said, we're just doing one card at a time. We're not juggling 10 different credit cards or anything crazy like that. You know, we're just a regular suburban family. We're not looking to do anything crazy here. So as long as you're a little bit organized, I think that is the crucial part here. Obviously, you don't want to open one of these cards and not reach the minimum spending requirement. You know, that would be terrible because then you don't get the bonus, you know? So you need just a little bit of organization. I think that is, like I said, a little bit of flexibility with your travel, a little bit of organizational ability, and certainly that responsibility with the credit cards. If you can do that, I guarantee you, you can succeed with this strategy generally. So yeah, as far as resources go, if you are interested in travel hacking in general, I have a website called travelmiles101, so travelmiles101.com. And we have, uh, actually it's myself and my partner on the site, he's a cardiologist out in Portland, Oregon, and I'm a CPA from Richmond, Virginia, and we kind of teach people how to get into this strategy just in general and help people like us who can benefit from this so significantly. And what we did was we just put together what we call like a free course, but it's just an email series. It's nothing like, it's not time consuming. There's no homework or anything crazy like that. It's just, you sign up, you go to travelmiles101.com, just enter your email address. We'll send you an email a day for like five to seven days and you go through it at your leisure. And we kind of walk you through the whole concept, you know, the theory behind it, and then just how to earn and how to redeem your miles. And we do have a private Facebook group that's associated with that. And yeah, we have like 8,000 people in there. And it's like this just extremely helpful community. So I would highly recommend anybody that's just kind of even just a passing interest in this and learning more or just learning something new in life. It's definitely a good way to get started. Wow, that's great. I'll, I'll definitely put that link in the show notes, and I'm going to be taking this course personally just because it sounds nice. awesome. And, <clears throat> I mean, the amount of savings. I mean, my wife and I are looking at our expenses all the time just because that's what we do uh, being in this <laughs> in this personal finance yeah, uh, yeah, world yeah. of ours. I hear you. Um, but if you're successful at this, uh, you know, w- while keeping safe and obviously, uh, you know, not overspending, how much savings could somebody expect to have 
per year if they if they if they go about this in a in a good way? Yeah, that is a good question. I I can speak personally yeah, that maybe maybe I, just from your perspective. Yeah. So I did get into this about probably about six years ago at this point. So the rules were a little more lax back then. So it, it's not quite as easy to continually open card after card after card. The the banks have gotten smart, you know, to their great credit. They've they've figured out that there are some people kind of taking advantage of this. So it's a little harder nowadays, but but still you can earn, I would think, without batting an eyelash, you could earn a million miles between a couple, probably two million miles over a course of a, a handful of years. And, you know, I value these points. Just this is a back of the envelope valuation, but at like two cents per point. So I would say, you know, a million miles are worth potentially like $20,000 of travel. Wow. So it's a huge, huge amount. I mean, I've earned well over 2.5 million miles, which, yeah, I believe are worth probably 50 grand. And uh, it's just, <laughs> it's a, right? It sounds insane, right? That is incredible. I mean, it's, and it's, I, is it tax free? I mean, are there taxes on this? There, no. No tax ramifications whatsoever. So. <laughs> wow. So yeah. fifty grand is like an eighty thousand dollar pre tax amount, you know? Wow. Depending so, on your so, tax rate. So you said two and a half million for you. And how, how long have you been did I say it right? Two and a half million? Yeah. Yeah. How, that's, how long have you been doing it then? Yeah, it's it's probably six years, I would say. I think wow. that's probably a, a pretty safe estimate. So through this so, so this sort of side hustle or we could call it or just like yeah. a, a fun hobby that you've created, you've you've been able to add fifty thousand dollars of <laughs> income at uh tax free uh into your life over the past six years and it's it sounds like you're having fun with it too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, can you hear it in my voice? Yeah. I absolutely love this. I mean, you so for for anybody out there, I think it's very realistic. You know, if that sounds insane of two and a half million miles, you know, you don't have to do that. Just do what works for you. I would almost guarantee you that if you had two people opening cards, so, you know, a married couple, significant other, whatever it may be, I almost guarantee you you could get one to two free or nearly free vacations each year. And that's pretty darn good, in my opinion. Absolutely. I mean, you know, my my wife and I were we're working on paying off our mortgage by the end of this year, and it's a it's a big deal for us. Um, and with with that extra money in our life, you know, we started to break down where the extra money is going to go because we want to start looking into, you know, buy and hold rental real estate or just you know opening a brokerage account and getting some index funds going and start to make some additional passive income. But as we start to break down this extra money, we're like, okay, well, we want to travel a little bit more. We want to put a little bit more in the kids' college funds. We want to give a little bit more. And as we start breaking it down, the the money's not that, it's not overwhelmingly high. And these, you know, rental properties of ours, we're looking at, man, we're not going to be able to get one for like three or four years. And that doesn't sound like that long, obviously, but I'm, I'm pretty excited about getting it going as soon as possible. But um, this conversation's got me excited because the $10,000 a year or $5,000 a year we're going to allocate to travel, this could helpfully potentially, you know, offset a little bit of that cost. Yeah, you bet. It can certainly offset a, a good portion of it. So yeah, I'm glad to give you some actionable tips here that you can, you can really get moving on this, you know, tomorrow. Excellent. You know, si- sign up for that course and kind of just get, get the background you need and then just figure out what your strategy will be. Very and, cool. Very uh, cool. That's great. And so, yeah, Go oh, ahead. sorry. Go ahead. 
No, I was just going to say, and you know, for anybody out there who's interested in that Disney plan specifically, I do have, I do focus on that at my other personal finance site, which is richmondsavers.com. And I'm sure Andy will put a link to that in the show notes as well. And Absolutely. I do have a, a step-by-step guide to that Disney plan. So I think the Travel Miles 101 is, is just the way to start, just to get this general background. And then if Disney is, is your cup of tea, then yeah, that's uh, Richmond Savers is a good place to go. So if Nicole and I want to go to Disney and next year in the spring, I'm going to richmondsavers.com and otherwise just to learn the life of travel miles, travel hacking, uh, travelmiles101.com. That sounds perfect. Excellent. Cool. So one, a couple questions uh, as we, we started the show off making sure we're safe. We're going to end the show off making sure we're safe as well. What what does this type of activity do to my credit score? Yeah, I mean, that's the crucial question. And, and I think it's a smart one and one that I know I asked and getting started. And I can only tell you my own anecdotal experience. So I'll kind of go through my thought process as, you know, my wife and I are both CPAs. So, you know, we're financially responsible. You know, we're thinking about all this stuff. So uh, we had heard that there is somewhere in the vicinity of like a two to five point hit on your credit score every time you open up a card. It's called like a hard inquiry. And that is like an unavoidable little hit. But, you know, two points, three points, that wasn't that big of a deal to me. You know, my wife and I both had roughly 800 credit scores. We had a mortgage already. We weren't looking to make any major purchases. So we figured that we had some some wiggle room there, that even if even if our scores did somehow plummet, you know, 50, 60 points, we'd still be at 740, 750. And, you know, we'd figure out real quick that, all right, this is a scam. We're out of here, you know? So uh, we did have that margin of safety, I guess. And we went into it with eyes wide open as saying, we're going to monitor this. It was like a trust but verify scenario where we read tons of articles and people suggested that there was very minimal impact on your credit score. But again, you can read that on the internet and it sounds good, but you need to see it in real life. At least that's how I work. I don't know about you. Oh, that makes that makes sense. And then if somebody let's say somebody doesn't have the best credit score today, we're we're not advising that people go down this route then, are are we? We are not. So yeah, you really need to get any of these premium cards, you need to at least, I would say, at least a seven hundred credit score. And if you're looking and, and probably higher. So if you're looking to, let's say, get a mortgage in the next three, six, even nine months, something like that, maybe opening up a couple credit cards isn't the greatest move. And it's not because it's going to hurt your credit score all that much. Like I said, it's probably going to go down a couple points and your score fluctuates. So you're probably not even going to notice that in all in all reality. But it's one of those things where someone processing your mortgage application might say, hey, what are these jokers doing opening up a bunch of credit cards? Like, is there something amiss? And like, I I don't know about you, but I'm pretty conservative when it comes to money and I just wouldn't want to mess with that. So I advise people, if you're going to get a mortgage in the next, you know, let's say sub year, then really think about whether this makes sense or do you want to just wait until that mortgage is closed and then, then you can get started. But as far as your actual score goes, it's, it's not going to be impacted that much. And like I was uh, kind of getting into a couple of minutes ago, like my score started out, I think my exact score was a 797 when I started. The lowest point it ever dropped to like intra-month at any given point, it was down 
25 points. All right. Uh, but for the last three years, it's actually been above where I started. So I've opened up all these cards, earned, like I said, two and a half million miles. And my score right now, I just got one of those, uh, I don't know, on Credit Karma or Credit Sesame or something. It was like a like an 817. Wow. So I'm actually up. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, right? I'm up 20 points. Well, they like you because you're a borrower. It's the borrowing score, right? Yeah, I guess so, man. I don't, I don't know. I'm 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 very happy about it nonetheless. That's good. That's good. Yeah, and it's it's funny because um you know, we've been on this sort of debt-free path for a while my wife and I and we haven't really cared about our credit score for I don't know, for a long time now. Uh we got our mortgage almost 4 years ago with our new house and obviously that was important to get that, but you know, for the foreseeable future uh, since we're not really going to borrow uh much more going forward uh the credit score didn't really matter to us but i i check it every once a year just to be safe obviously to make sure that there aren't things that are on my credit report that uh, i didn't sign up for and obviously you know just making sure it's in good standing but uh this this advice uh based on where we are i know i'm in the 700 range so i think it could work well for us so it really depends on who's who's in these situations obviously it's a specific uh, program that makes sense for certain people, but we want to be safe. We want to make sure that we're advising people to to do something that's safe for them and their families. But if they can do it, they can sure have some fun and create some t- <laughs> great. F- <laughs> your your example, I guess we can't use as the as the every everyday example, but fifty thousand dollars over six years uh, <laughs> that's tax free is pretty incredible, man. Congratulations on developing something that you're so passionate about and that also can help people have some fun. Congratulations. Yeah, I really appreciate it. It's uh, it's been the most enjoyable and rewarding experience of my entire life. You know, just helping people save money. And I mean, realistically, save thousands and thousands of dollars. And yeah, it's 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 really it's been amazing. Excellent. So let's let's remind everybody where to go just one more time. So if if you guys are family focused and you're interested in doing the Disney, but you're you're looking at you're looking at those prices and saying, oh my God, we're not gonna be able to do this until the kids are 19 and 21, but they're not even gonna care about Disney by then. Let's let's have them go to the right site. So tell them where to go. Yep. That would be Richmond Savers. So it's S-A-V-E-R-S dot com. And that would be, yeah, that's the place for Disney World. And then just the regular general travel rewards information. I have that free email course at travelmiles101.com. Excellent. Again, I'll put these in the show notes, everybody. Um, um, and uh, we really appreciate it. So one, one card, you mentioned the Chase Sapphire Preferred. Is that is that your favorite card for beginners? Or is there is there one that people should say, that's my first card to get? Yeah, I think that would be the card. I, that is like an excellent, just an excellent bonus. So it's a significant number of points. And like I mentioned with those ultimate rewards, they're just so valuable and so flexible. So, uh, that would be my starting point without question. Excellent. Well, congratulations on your success here, Brad, and, and sharing this fun, uh, adventure for people to go on. Uh, if you guys want to hear a little bit more, uh, Brad has an excellent podcast called choose FI and uh, they uh, they just started. Did you guys just start this year or late last year? Yeah, no, we actually we pretty much started uh, like February first of this year. But Excellent. yeah, it's kind of blowing up, which has been amazing. It is. It is extremely, really, really well. And 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 they cover a variety of topics too, not just the travel hacking guys. So I'll put I'll put a link for Choose Fi as well in the show notes. And Brad, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. And enjoy enjoy the rest of your day, man. 
Yeah, thank you. This was a great conversation. So thanks again for having me. As you could probably tell from my voice during the interview, I'm fairly interested in this process. I I was planning on allocating, I think around five to ten grand per year in the in the near future as our as our kids get a little older for our future family travels. But if we're able to do some major points perks through this system that Brad's got going on, that number of five to ten K can be significantly lowered, which would be awesome. More more ability for us to save for the future, other things. It's it's great. So I'll plan on keeping you all updated uh, based on how my little experiment's going to go with this process. I've been on I've been on Brad's Travel Miles 101 Facebook group, and there are thousands of people doing this already. Thousands. So maybe perhaps I'm the only one in the dark. <laughs> so Nicole and I already signed up for the Chase Sapphire Preferred card, and that'll get us 50,000 points each based on our sign-up. And with that 100,000 points, that should cover us for our flights to go pretty much anywhere in the United States next year. Florida for Disney or California for some fun beach time. We're not sure exactly where we want to go, but uh, we're excited about the possibilities of where this life hack will take us and how much money we'll save. If you're interested in learning more about the science of travel hacking, I've got all the links and resources mentioned in the show notes at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 39. At that same link in the comments section, let me know if you've been already doing this process and how it's going and and maybe there's some other tricks that I can learn <laughs> or if you're just generally interested in what, uh, what Brad and I talked about today. I would love to hear what people are thinking of this since I'm kind of brand new to it. As a reminder from the top of the show, if you haven't started your family will yet, let today be that day. Go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash will or click on the ad in the show notes. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from Marcel Proust. The real voyage of discovery consists in not seeking new landscapes, but in having new eyes. I hope this new discovery can help your family have fun and save money. Carpe diem. Carpe diem.